Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you. Live from digital address GA0993341. Good evening and God bless you for matriculating into tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Springboard is a multimedia educational and personal development intervention, the biggest and the best of its kind, running since August 2008. We are live on Joy997 on Facebook, also on Albert N.E. Okran and Comfort Okran Age. Just join us live on Facebook for a real-time experience of tonight's very, very, very promising interaction. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstition Joy 99.7 FM. We are proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank and MTN Ghana's number one network. Our print media support comes from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business and I recommend both business newspapers to you. In tomorrow's edition of the Business and Financial Times, you will find an article on investment versus legacy. Which one is more important? Are they interrelated? Find out in the Business and Financial Times on Monday. It's from the book 101 Keys to Achievement and Fulfillment. And if you want your copy of that book, you will find it on where do you find it? Amazing.com, yes. You can find that book on Amazing.com, written by Comfort and I, and you can find it also by by getting in touch with Book Nook. On, t- on Tuesday, the graphic business will feature a full transcription of tonight's very interesting discussion on a subject you don't want to miss. And of course, Dream Oval is our technology partner. On behalf of the Virtual Academic Board, superintended over by Comfort with support from Matthew, Amos, Priscilla, and Amma. Let me thank you for joining us on Joy 99.7 FM and, of course, live on Facebook. Let me dedicate tonight's show entirely to a man I love and respect, Nana Aredamwa. Tonight is your show. The whole show is yours. Nana, today's Nana's birthday. I mean, Nana, too, has a birthday. The man is chilling in Cape Coast with his family. But, Nana, enjoy this one all the way from Cape. I know you are watching on Facebook. Enjoy this, this show tonight. And we appreciate what you do and the, the groundbreaking work you've done to promote literary work here in Ghana. Happy birthday, Nana Aredamwa. Tonight is your show. All right, so tonight, last year in 2017, at the Festival of Ideas, we explored the subject of succession planning. And one issue we dealt with was whether founders should hand over the organization to a trusted lieutenant or to a child, their own children. And it was a very interesting discussion. And a big question that also came up was whether to reward competence or to reward loyalty. And I can tell you that on that one, the panel was split right through the middle. Not just the panel, but the audience. One part of the audience said competence all the way. One part said loyalty. Forget, without loyalty, competence is useless. It was a very divided house. August is coming again, and the festival this year will be even bigger. And the debate will be even stronger. But tonight, we begin an all-important discussion you absolutely don't want to miss. We switch from talking to the founders and begin to talk to the next generation, a group of people with unique pressures and unique issues that you want to hear about. We explore the thoughts, the lessons, and the challenges of what we call the second generation, children of founders of major entities, companies, churches, schools, ostensibly being groomed for leadership, will tease out the various stages of their own personal development as corporate leaders, the pressures of parental comparison, what it means to learn on the job, and how a combination of all these have shaped their personalities. My guest for tonight is to start this discussion on Henny Ofori Boating, the CEO of Strategic Security Systems. And just to give you some background, the company was founded and built by his father, a, a very strong ally of this springboard initiative, Dr. Francis Ikema Boating. And Strategic Security Systems has operated since 2007. And they have, among other things, an interest in design and execution of solar energy solutions. And I've had the privilege of witnessing their their 
their multi-million dollar solar facility for actual domestic production of solar panels right here in Ghana and you will be extremely impressed and Ohini is right here in the studio. Ohini, welcome to Springboard. This must be your first time on the show. <laughs> yes, the show is, and thank you so much. It's, uh, good to, it's good to see you. Right. Also, here is another big part of the Springboard family by association because Dela Melode is the ex- executive director of Jandel Limited. And at the mention of Jandel, everyone knows Afia Moro, who is very much a part of the Springboard family, having been on this show a number of times and also having having been part of our big events over the years. And Jandel Listen to Event Planning has won several awards for event management, interior designs, and floral artistry. Della, welcome to Springboard. Thank you. Right, so I need to learn from you too what it means to be um, always referenced to as the child of somebody, <laughs> even though you have achieved in your own right. No matter what you do, they say that is the child of Ikea Watin or that's the child of Jandel. Does it annoy you, Francis? You see, I call you Francis. That tells you. That tells you. Wait. Does it? Does it annoy you when they when they keep referencing you in the light of of what your dad has done? You know, it's it's a blessing to be assured, to be associated with something so great. And uh, for me, it's an honor uh, to be associated, especially to my father and even to the business at any given time, because it takes a lot of blessing and also it takes a lot of grace um, to find ourselves in this position. Right. Um, do you find, um, Della, that sometimes people call you Jandel's daughter, daughter and, and they forget your real name? Well, I think that is a blessing. Um, I think that my mom has worked hard to achieve this height, and I don't feel anything about it. I like it, actually. <laughs> I think that she's done well, so it's something that I'm proud of. You, you, you look like her. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sure those watching on Facebook will agree with me. Let me start with the journey of your own development. And so for every one of you, um, for you to be able to occupy the position that you occupy now, you had to go through some some development as a person, your educational background, building yourself up. Dela, give me a sense of how how you've come to be where you are in terms of preparation and, and education. So um, I, start, I started my uh, secondary school at, at Bishop Porter Girls. That's where my sister was. Oh, nice. It's a good <laughs> school. And whilst I was in at Bishop Porter Girls, my second term as a, first, uh, as a, as a student, the school gave me the opportunity to manage the school shop. I was just in SS1. I was like, how am I going to manage this? They said, this is the key. You are supposed to report to the buzzer. So I think it was actually a springboard into entrepreneurship because I had to report to the the buzzer. I had to report to the accounts department. I had to do all that. And it set me for entrepreneurship. So after that, I went into my tertiary Legon. I do sociology and psychology. And after that, I started working at MTN. I did my national service there. I only did it for, finished my national service, and they retained me. And what happened was, I said, my mom said, Della, why don't you join Jandel? And I said, I'm actually loving it here at um, um, MTN. I said, but then... You can, duty you can calls. duty call, so you need to come. <laughs> and then I, 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 I left NTN and I joined Chantel Limited. Was it a difficult decision? It was because I thought that if I stayed at MTN, I would have risen through the ranks. But then again, I knew that I had something to offer to Chantel. Let me come to you um, on this same issue, Hiniba. What do, do you? I mean, ostensibly. For you to come to what you are doing now, you have to leave something. Give us a sense of the, the journey of your life in terms of your operation. Um, oh, man, I, I don't even know where to begin. I think if I start from the beginning, the sherry level, you know, yes. you, might, you, might, you might turn around and take it to a different level. But, um, you know, I'm one of those that didn't really get a whole lot of education here um, in Ghana. Um, I, I did my middle school and high school abroad and also um, college. So for me, it was more about just trying to be the best in every little thing that was handed to me um, and also those one message 
that I use to govern myself a lot, which is always make sure you're honoring your parents. And I think during that process, there might have been subliminal messages that were sunk in me, and not just me, even in, in my siblings, right. uh, which really spoke well and allowed us to even get involved. So at a very younger age, um, there were a number of things that we would do to help um, with the, the office of, of, of our father. And every now and then, we realized that, you know, the help that we were offering really went far. Um, the other thing, too, is, I mean, with school and trying to decide what you wanted to do, there are a number of things that we all touched on. I mean, you know, as as men, you always find ways and means to buy and sell. Um, there are a couple of things that we did. Um, you I sold did. a few things? Yeah, I sold a couple of things while I was in high school. Um, even to the point that uh, while I was in middle school, there was a neighborhood pizza uh, spot. And every now and then, if you go and you take the flyers and you go hand it out at the uh, community or in the residential community, they'll turn around and give you $60 a week. Wow. So as a young child, you're being fed. Clothes are paid for. I mean, even school feeding is also paid for. It was to us the extra cash for you to go buy some new sneakers. <laughs> that, that so sixty was very welcome, <laughs> right? So every now and then, if you had a plan or a target that you wanted to achieve, uh, we'll go. And it was you know, a bit of the under the table type job. So you go. I don't even think my father knew about this, but we'll go. And then they'll give us the flyers, and then they'll go drop us in the neighborhood uh, for about maybe an hour and a half to about two hours, send the flyers out, and then after that they'll pick us up. They'll note our name down, and on Friday is payday. Right. So on Friday you pick up your $60, and you feel very On top powerful. of the world. What was the first degree? What, what, what was the area of study? All right, so I, um, my first degree is in economics. Right. Um, and I have plans to actually move further. Um, I believe that I'm still a work in progress, and also um, there are a lot of things I wish to achieve. Right. Um, but definitely B school, business school is one of those that is heavy on my heart. Right. Um, as to deciding which one to go to, it's just a matter of time and also a matter of trying to figure out which one fits best to what I wish to achieve right. on earth. So let me, let, me, let me take you on to something that you mentioned about interest in the family business having been ignited in your childhood at the time you were running about i mean i'm sure your father's done quite a few things before settling on that's this right. one like that's every, right. every entrepreneur that's right at the time you were probably running about in the business running about in the place did you ever think that you will get to the point of becoming ceo of the entity no i did not um but i think between myself and even all my siblings we all had the ambition to someday help um when the but what do you call help well, that's the question, right? At what level or do you plan on helping? So right, we all felt that we can do it better or not better, but we can, we can spring it forward, right, for it to become one of those uh, family-owned businesses in the world that is admired. Right. So, I mean, if you take a look, family-owned businesses, be it in the U.K. and the U.S., are very, very important to the economy. Um, even most people don't know this, but PwC is a family-owned business. And you find that here in Ghana. And my biggest question is how have they done it to even go global and also to be international? And these are some of the uh, things that we try to really try to figure out. So you grew up best. thinking that you could one day take what if that started and make it global? Exactly. You still carry that dream? Still. You know, I'm a I'm a staunch believer that someday, you know, by God's grace, I would be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and not um, a CEO of a Ghana Fortune 500 company, but a CEO of a world Fortune 500 company, a blue chip company. Right. And the only way to achieve that is just by little by little and also trying as much as possible to, um, you know, keep the good, the energy and um, keep praying and also keep having people around you that will also help you to achieve that dream. I'll talk about the people around you, but but Dela, obviously you also probably started very early looking at what your mother was doing and seeing this can be big. How big did you see it becoming? I mean, looking at it when you were 
First of all, I saw that my mom had the determination, so I knew where she was going with the business. She had a lot of ideas, and she was executing them as the days go by. Um, growing up, we always helped our mom to put things together, flowers together. We were always involved after vacation or before vacation. When we are, in vac when we are on vacation, we are helping her. The thing that I didn't see was joining the company so early. But then I knew at some point that I would come and join my mom's company to make it bigger and better. When, when did you think would be the optimum time? I was giving myself actually five years in corporate Ghana before joining Jandel. Right. But it came so fast. <laughs> so, so, so with the benefit of hindsight, do, do, do you sometimes wish you had, you had delved a bit more into corporate life? either for the experience or, or curiosity. In fact, my first year in Jandel, I told my mom I was going back to corporate life. Right. I want to go back into corporate. But then after the year that I settled in, I said that this is where I need to be. I need to be part of the growth process of Jandel. I need to take Jandel to the next level. And how am I going to do that? We are in a technological age, and it was only technology. My mom at that time didn't want to be seen on social media. You know, people would be looking at what you do, the competitors and all that. And I said, well, this is the new age. Mm. You need to be on social media. So I started breaking her into the process of going digital from the very onset. And gradually she, she got into the program. When it comes to those conflicts or those tensions that sometimes arise out of the precocious let me use that word respectfully the precocious young person who has just come out of university with loads of ideas and the energy and things and thinking listen this this is going global and and the parent who says listen before you were born i ran this i ran this tell me i mean i want to learn from you and i'm sure there are many people listening who say this was a very familiar story i mean it's almost inevitable you come out feeling so high if i may use that word and thinking let's go let's move it and that that founder that parent understands the terrain so well and you see listen great ideas you have but all in good time but well, tell me about the experience of your energy versus versus also the experience of the founder you know you know as young as you are um you tend to be a bit more naive um, and which is good. Um, there's nothing wrong about that. So um, having a good coach or a good developer that trains you to say, hey, this direction is good, that direction is not, is very, very key. And I'm, I'm sure uh, that I can agree with me that we've had those, that they'll speak to us in ways and forms that we understand, and also we're able to kind of take it in and find ways and means to use it to benefit um, the company that they've put in our hands. One of the things that I will point out is that it takes patience, you know, especially dealing with a different gener generation. Right. You know, um, we tend to call them baby boomers. And and, <laughs> and 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 you know, excuse me if there are any baby boomers listening. I love you all, but uh, you know there are characteristics associated with that, and some of those characteristics is very essential to what has brought them this far. And somehow, somewhere, you understanding the character and also embracing the character and finding ways and means to work with the character. Um, have, you, have you ever disagreed with your dad at board meeting before? Of course, we always do. How do you manage it? How? You manage it in a respectful manner. It is the message that you want to deliver is not necessarily anything else apart from the message. And also, if you notice that it's gone too far, you as the child ought to be patient and allow the time to tell. Because you can yet still be naive, thinking that your way is the right way. Um, it's important not to be hard-headed and also to have patience because many of them have seen it all. They've smelt it all. They've, they've felt it all. I mean, they've done it all. And if you're not patient in the process and you don't really find ways and means to sacrifice during the process, you might not really turn around and embrace the very teaching that they are given to you that is hands-on, that is, is better than any other Harvard review or any review or any book written by whoever is hands-on. You know, right. it's funny you say that. So my my best man, 
Um, at one point in time, I had read over 100 books. And, we, you know, we keep in touch every now and then. So after he had done reading 100 books, I spoke to him, and we were speaking. And it was almost as if what he had read in books, I was getting the hands-on lesson. From your dad? Yeah. It is 24 minutes past the hour of seven. If you don't get the chance to read 100 books, find somebody who has built companies and made mistakes and learned from them and listen to him. And one hour spent with him will be like 10 books read. <laughs> and those are the thoughts of anybody. He says, if you can't find the books you read, find an experienced father or mentor and they will show you the secrets of how to That's how right. to rise to the top. Gala, let me come to you and find out about how you manage um, the seemingly inevitable disagreements. Because from what Ohiniba describes, there will be times when you, the younger um, leader, are very certain that a certain way of doing things in this case you, give me, let, let me use the example of digital going digital is is great it's 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 beneficial and probably it's even instantaneous and the other person will say listen even if it's a good idea let's do it in phases how do you manage those disagreements so first of all i i don't like to push it push my buttons too much what i do is I, I i give her the message i tell her that this is what we are supposed to do if she says that we have to go this way i listen to her tell me what she wants and then at a later time i send her a message i said these are the statistics if you do it this way this is what you're going to get these are the results that you're going to get so that she gets into the program she understands that i'm not doing this because i want to overly expose her business or her company but this is the new way to do things and gradually she gets to understand i don't go in an antagonistic manner because then she would not accept what i am saying so at a later day when she's cool she's cool and collected i come to her and i said you know this was the point that i was trying to make to you or this was the point that was i was trying to tell you this and this and this and this is what we need to do in order to get this result so basically then she gets to understand that it's for the good of the company right it's the tone and how you approach the issue the tone so i'm going to, I'm going to use a very soft tone uh, at this point <laughs> just to make sure i get it right <laughs> so 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 let's talk about learning on the job mm. i'm sure you wake up and you go to work like everybody else but you know that unlike the, your colleagues who are in the office that are that are working and learning, you are there because you are being groomed to ultimately head the organization. Does that put a different kind of expectation, pressure on you at, at the workplace? Certainly. Certainly because um, you are looking, people are looking up to you, not only your mother that has built the business for over 22 years, but then the workers are also looking at you. How you present yourself is very, very important because you have come into the company to come and take a leadership position. They're already used to how they do their things. And you as this young lady, it's quite difficult for them to take instructions from of you. Of course, they were there when you were born. They came for your outdoor. In some instances, in some instances yeah, listen, they call you junior. They were there when you were yeah, born. Yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? Exactly. <laughs> So definitely you need to just manage the situation. How do you, you need wisdom for that, of you course. You need wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the approach. It's the soft skill. How are you speaking to soft your workers? Skill. Are you lording it over them? That's what I or don't trying. do. Or trying to lord it over them. Let them feel a part of the family. Tell them that you didn't come just to, you know, kick them to the sidelines of things, but you want to work with them. Because they've been with your parents all these years. If they haven't even done anything, their work input has been able to grow the company to that level. So it's the, I find it to be the soft skill that you have, not loading it over them, talking to them in a respectful manner. But then you have to be assertive. I am assertive sometimes. because so you find a combination of respect, respect and assertiveness. And assertiveness. Yes. But even the way you address people, I mean, especially for the longest serving staff of, of, of your father, I suspect that even the way you address them matters because if you grew up calling the person uncle this and now you are CEO, do you, do you still, do you still exactly. call the person uncle this? Oh, yes. Yeah, so of course. You know, I think it's important to realize that they've had a relationship uh, with your father and your relationship with your father is their relationship with your father. Right. And you can develop a relationship with them. You know, um, one of the things is, 
you know, with family business and even business as a whole, if you run the business in a manner where you are more concerned about creating or making everybody know that they are family members and sharing with them and um, letting them know that whatever concerns them also concerns you, they tend to draw a bit closer to you. Um, You might not always get it right, but when you do, you realize that they even go the extra mile to work harder for you than even working did I even at the time that you know they were they were even working with your father only? I uh, just to to point out something that I um, I wanted to point out. You know, being a married man, I've noticed that you know a lot of times you and your spouse can um, have a bit of conflict, and it's always important to understand that you're both on the same team, right. meaning that whichever direction it goes. Your spouse and even yourself, you're also thinking about ways and means to promote the team and make sure that this team does not fail and we're all going to win. So either way, that direction that you go, same as the relationship with you know, our, our parents and, and the business and stuff, you have to understand that they also want us to win. Same team, different perspectives. Exactly. Dela, do, do you have any fears as, as executive director of Jandel? Yes. Tell me about the fears. Tell me. Talk the fear to me. of failure. I find myself in a position where um, my mom has grown the business for 22 years. And it's now my sister my sister and I's responsibility to, to take you. it to the next level. Right. So it informed my decision to do my master's in marketing strategy because I needed that kind of education to help me with the next level. The kind of course that will help me to take Jandel to the next level, the marketing strategy. Why marketing strategy? Marketing strategy is because they teach you in school how to turn your business around, how to grow your business. You learn certain things on the job, but I think for me, I think that education is key. You can be doing certain things that are not right, but once you have the education to back it, when things are about to go wrong, you can correct it because you have the education. After getting the education, do you still fear? <laughs> At times, yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> it is 31 minutes to the uh, past the hour of 7 o'clock. I want to talk to somebody who has handled those fears, survived those fears, and continues to survive them and understands the fears that you face and knows what to do because she's done it over and over and over and she's a big survivor. Afia Moro is on the line. Hello, good evening. Good evening, Reverend. Oh, How are you? The Lord is good. The Lord is good. We are having a wonderful time here. Myself, I'm myself and Delay. enjoying myself, listening to those two young minds. Charlie, and they're making you feel like an, like an old person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't hear that. And they're making you feel like an, like an, like an old woman. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know... Uh, old age is inevitable, so accepting it is quite right. But you must be very proud of them. I am. I am. I'm very proud of Della and her sister, Janet. Tell me. Uh, without I... them, I couldn't, uh, I didn't know how I could have managed the company um, up to now since they joined. Yes. Um, experts say that every entrepreneur gets to the point where you begin to get tired. I mean, Bible says that at, at a point, David was 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 waxed faint and it's ripping up this the, the giant tried to kill him and then um and abishai rose up and slew the giant sometimes the leader begins to get tired and begins to get faint and sometimes it, it takes the younger generation to rise up and slay the giant that is trying to kill the leader tell me did you feel you were getting to that point where in spite of your vim and everything you were getting tired yes and uh, I realized uh, that um, the way business was going was quite challenging for my mind because for me, um, the social media space was uh, a little too exposing for me. But I realized um, I just came back from a short course in Harvard, and it, and it is quite emphatic that it is very important that you brand yourself. You brand your company and 
make your company look be in the best light possible. So I now began to appreciate what my two daughters were telling me, Janet and Della. And um, they have been so on point on that. And, uh, well, I had to go somewhere to tell for them to tell me what my children have been telling me all along. Or anyone has been telling me about how... How what his father tells him um, is almost like what he's found what he's found in books. In this instance, you're saying that your children are also providing um, support to augment what you know already and what you also have read and, and learned from elsewhere. But that's very exciting. Let me yes. ask you, how do you manage the conflict between the sometimes erratic thoughts of the next generation and then the experience of of the founders and builders who have weathered the storms to get the business to where it is today? How do you manage? When they say, let's go now, you say, listen, let's, let, let's, let's manage it and let's go um, in the right way. How do you manage it? Yes, I've, 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 um, I've noticed that the, uh, the, the key to exponential growth in any business is to keep an open and bright mind. You always have to think young. And if you don't think young and go with the flow of the young people, then you, you will not get it because there, there are eras in every aspect of any business or any individual. And for that matter, you have to keep that bright and open mind. It's, it's the only key to success in any Moritz, business. Afi, it's always a joy to have you. And thanks for loaning us, Della, and then also for joining us on the show. And I, 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 can, I can tell you that we, we are very confident that the future of Jandel is in safe hands. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So keep listening to us on Joy 99.7 FM. We'll be breaking the issues down even further as we explore the thoughts about the second generation with with Della Amelde and, of course, Oheniba Boating, trying to help us to know what the big issues are and how to deal with them from the perspective of the second generation. The first generation have built, they've, they've labored, they've made mistakes, they've, they've gone down, they've come up. So they have something that the younger ones don't have, no matter how much education they have. And, but they also are bringing something that the first generation needs, that energy to lift to the next level. How do we find the balance? This program is brought to you by Joy FM and Legacy and Legacy and is proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank and MTN, the nation's number one network. Tonight, my guest, Dela Meode and, and Oheni Babuating, helping me to understand how the next generation, the second generation of leaders think. What are the pressures that they face? How do they deal with... <coughs> I beg your pardon. How do they deal with the pressures of of being seen as the child of this person and your, your real name being forgotten sometimes. How do you manage the dynamic of, of working in, in a company that you know everything, blood and, blood and sweat has been poured into? So, Ahinba, tell me about your siblings. Who, um, I met your, your, your sister who's yeah, into... Yeah. So, um, two of them are part of the company right. um, at the moment, uh, my oldest and uh, youngest. Right. Um, and the oldest is, is in charge for uh, administration. She's the chief admin officer, and she is Mamio Henua Watson. And the youngest is in charge for innovation, so she's the chief innovations officer. You know who you know your youngest star reminds me of? Buzuma Singh John, you know how she's oh, really? tall and she's just <laughs> out there, outgoing. <laughs> uh, uh, what's her name? Nana Kunama Watson. Nana Kunama. I, I've, I've met Nana Kunama a number of times. Yeah, I, I get yeah, the impression yeah. she's full of energy. She is, she is. And full of ideas, uh, full of different things. I mean, she's very innovative. I mean, she's also one of the, she's probably maybe the reason, main reason I'm sitting here today talking to you. All right, then in that yeah, case, she, let me put she, Nana Kunama on the line <laughs> and find out from her how she got to bring you into the studio and and what it is that she thinks she brings to the table at Strategic Security Systems. Hello, good evening, Nana. Good evening, how are you? Very well, and you? I'm very well, thank you. Your brother's been saying some very nice things about your father, trying not to offend the old man, just to be sure that he can go back to his job after the interview. But tell me, you are the young one who really doesn't care. Tell me. Do you, do you guys feel that you're bringing energy and coming to revamp the whole thing, or, or you feel that you're, you're fitting yourself into something that is working and that is, that is fluid? I, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure what I'm walking into right now. I feel like you're setting me up for something. <laughs> <laughs> you are very safe and secure. Don't worry. It's just a little full of your, of your legs. Tell me, are you enjoying the experience as, as Chief Innovations Officer? 
Yeah, um, I'm definitely, absolutely, absolutely, without question, really getting to enjoy my position as um, Chief Innovations Officer because I really get to bring my um, my creative abilities to the table. And I feel my role really is, is kind of like I'm the creative director for the business. And so that's really encouraging. And um, it's really interesting because I was speaking to a friend about my position today and she actually brought to my attention that um, there are not that many chief innovations officers <laughs> globally. Um, and certainly not in Ghana has she even heard of any company having a chief innovations officer. And so I, the, the, the the prospect of possibly being the only one or maybe even the first is really, really exciting. Tell I don't me, know. Tell, me, tell, me, tell me what you do, just to, to affirm that point. Tell me what you do as Chief Innovations Officer. So as Chief Innovations Officer, um, what I'm responsible for is all the different areas of, of innovation that help um, an organization grow. So I am responsible for brand innovations. I am responsible for business innovations. Um, I'm also responsible for project innovation. So within brand innovations, I'm responsible for the brand strategy, how we go about that, our creative outlook, um, how we operate, how we run. I'm also responsible for business innovations, um, looking at new ways of doing things, new ways of processing, new ways of um, new markets that we need to enter. So I'm involved in a lot of data entry, data capture, um, that sort of thing. And project innovations, once again, I'm responsible for making sure that projects are running smoothly and running with, you know, the, uh, with innovations in mind. And so my I, my job is to keep us sustainable, keep us growing sustainable, but with creativity. So we're growing, but growing, growing creatively, right? Being innovative about how we grow and in what areas we grow. I'm very interested in, in if you've made mistakes before, because... For everyone climbing up the leadership ladder, it's all nice, it's all good until you make that first big mistake. And how you survive it is an indication of how ready you are to be there for the long haul. You talked about sustainability. Have you found yourself sometimes making making a mistake? And, and, and if so, how, how, how did you react to the mistake you made? Um, absolutely. I mean, a mistake is a part of life. Um, I think that it is um, really the, the great, the people we consider great, are great because they 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 are on the other side of some major mistake, right? Um, and we get to see sort of the glory of that. But really, I think that greatness is mistakes are part of greatness. And I think that if you consider yourself great but don't have any regrets or have not made any mistakes, then I I don't know what criteria on your greatness is i don't know how you are <laughs> deciding what your benchmark for greatness is share one small so, share one small I, one with us one small one okay um a small mistake um <laughs> i'm trying to think you know the good thing is i work with family and my 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 family my father's a chairman my brother's a ceo very very forgiving um and give a lot of room but i think that there's been moments i've spoken out of turn um when i could have been silent um, and my silence probably would have been better for the situation than my my thoughts on the situation. So I will say that more than once I've spoken out of turn. Do you find, and now that you mentioned that, do you find, talking about that in particular, um, talking out of turn or, or being assertive, do you find that it sometimes creates a challenge for you, especially in dealing with people who have been on in the business for a long time? I, I, I presuppose that considering your age, you probably will have, will have uh, people in your team you are far uh, who are far older than, than you does it create challenges for you for the benefit um, of others in in similar situations uh, i mean honestly i think it, i mean i think for that situation it comes down to company culture um and we try to build a culture where we um we really emphasize the fact that we are a family um and with family we we yes we do respect structure but we also give a lot of room for 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 us to share ideas and to um, respect one another's ideas, regardless of where we stand in in sort of like the hierarchy, if you want to say. We we like to we we have a, a company culture that fosters innovation. I mean, there's a chief innovations officer. Um, that goes to show you that we have an organization that is fostering um, spaces 
where people can speak up and have their voices heard. And so I, I don't, I haven't encountered a situation where um, I have felt like that, that way in any kind of way. I have felt, I have, I have felt that yes, I could speak better in a situation, but then again, that just comes with wanting to improve as an individual. But I have, I've never felt from my organization in particular that my opinion or my thoughts on something were, was not respected. So that's something I, I don't think I can speak very expansively on. All right. Final question. Uh, what, what kind of what kind of CEO is your brother? He's sitting in the studio here looking at me with a smile on his face. What kind of CEO is he? Um, well, hey, brother. <laughs> I can't see you, but apparently you're somewhere <laughs> there. So um, <laughs> what kind of CEO is my brother? Um, I, I think he is. Uh, he's a very energetic CEO, um, has a lot of energy that he brings to the table, um, brings to work. Um, he's, I would say he's a, he's a pretty patient, um, CEO. And I think that that's very important to have a CEO who's willing to, you know, allow his team to, to do, to, to, he really allows us as his team to test certain things out. Um, he's not a crazy micromanager, um, allows sort of like his team to work um, and gives us guidance when we need it. Um, his door is always open. Um, his office is literally see-through, like and no joke. You can, another one I, you I, can I thought about. see directly into his office. He has an open door. Not only his no, not office, let, me, let, me, let me interrupt you and ask you a question. So you're, you're, you grew up, I mean, you're, you're his younger sister. Yeah. You definitely have sibling rivalry. I mean, now you've grown you're in the corporate world. How do you deal with those rivalries? I had, I, I, my brother and I used to have our rivalries when we were children. And it's, and it's, it's normal. How do you deal with that in the corporate world? Sibling rivalry. Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't, I mean, to be fair with you, I mean, me and my brother really grew up as best friends. I, I don't think we had, like, a long-standing rivalry. I think we had a very... We had a very interesting relationship, our, all my siblings, but, you know, he and I were extremely close and we complimented each other most through our lives. And so we bring sort of that, that attitude, that, that, that relationship of complimenting each other to the, to the workplace. And we, we complement one another's energy very well. I, I honestly have never felt like I was in competition with my brother and I'm, I'm pretty sure he felt, he, he's never felt like he was in competition with me either. Thank you very much, Nana Kunamabuating, um, Chief Innovations Officer. I like you. I like your title, Chief Innovations Officer. Joining us um, to share her thoughts. If you just joined us, it's, it's eleven minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. My guest for tonight, Dela Mewode, the Executive Director of Jandel Limited, helping us to understand how the transitions of Jandel and the role that she's played along with her sister, and then of course, Ohini Babuating, telling us how patience wins the day. And Nanakrama just came on the line to say that uh, her universe patience is legendary because she will sometimes fire, but but the balance is there because he's there to provide that patience. And obviously, working together with their dad are building a great company that they all feel very uh, excited about. Um, let let me take before I come to you to react. Uh, <laughs> let me come to you on the issue of rivalry. Um, Della, you also have your sister. Um, as part of the business, is it Janice? What, what, um, Janet. Okay. So, do you do you find that your ideas clash, and do you find that your natural sibling rivalry um, spills over into the business? Um, I don't think that we have rivalry when it comes to the business per se, but then we share. We do have um, um, some disagreements when it comes to sharing of um, ideas. But at the end of the day, it all works out to benefit the company. Um, well, sometimes I win. Sometimes I let her have her way. Sometimes oh, she lets you, me you, have my way oh, as I, well. I, I thought you give her permission to win sometimes. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. I do. But then she's a very creative person. That's Jeanette. She's very, very creative. So she comes up with very um, creative ideas to take the company to another level. Yes. Let me end this with, with exploring the contribution of the people who built the business before you came. Let's talk about that one because obviously, I mean, you're running a great entity, but 
somebody somebody contributed to making it what it is before you had the privilege of being part. And so for you, I, I know there are several people, but do you sometimes think of somebody in particular who who's who was like you know, beyond beyond chairman, there's somebody who holds your hand and says, Junior, do this. I know you are young and do this and, and they are in the business but they are like a coach for you. Do you have somebody like that in the business? Um, I have uh, quite a number of them, um, but when I date back yeah, a little bit, um, you know, a little bit back in history, uh, my memory bank and stuff, I think my mother, um, I, I definitely got to a point in Crossroads where, you know, as a man, sometimes you want to develop your own or step aside and do something that you want to do, even though me joining my father's company was a decision I made myself and something I wanted to be involved. But prior to that, I had that moment in Crossroads where the decision was either to continue to listen and be patient or to go out and explore. And um, that decision, you know, for my mother really just touched my heart. And what she said, she said that, you know, trust in your father he knows what he's doing and be patient and that word in itself i credit her tremendously for um just speaking those words and even believing in my father and relating that to me for me to know that you know maybe times might be a bit challenging now and you might not necessarily uh, see what the future holds but be patient and to give a bit of background of what that was was when I was doing my undergrad, I managed to seal a, a job where I was a manager of a cell phone store. And at that time, mobile phones was a big thing in, in the United States, where to the point that I was making a hefty amount of money um, in, in a couple of thousands a month. Somebody my age at that time, you feel like you're on top of the world. And my father told me that, hey, you know, this job that you have, if you're not careful you're not going to continue your education mm. so at that time i said okay you know the bible says honor thy father and mother for your days on earth shall be longer i said that let me proceed and listen to him so as i listened to what he was saying i also had a moment in my life where i basically had no resource i had no cash flow <laughs> and is either chewing the books that I'm reading, like literally, <laughs> or, or or perhaps going back to what I had already left. So listen sight. to her. You know, I mean, just listen to her really changed my life. And, and, and I, I think that she's the first and probably the person I ought to give credit to right. other than God. Right. Dela, anybody apart from, apart from mom who called you aside and gave you godly counsel that helped you survive a difficult moment? Yes, um, I have actually two people, Christine and Sumaila, and I must say that they've been they've been amazing when it comes to holding my hand in Jandel because um, I was in school back then when um, they started the company with my mom, and they've always given me counsel. They've given me advice in terms of even how to cost properly. Sometimes you know, youthful exuberance, you want to do it your way um, because. You want to get the contract, but then they, they come to me and they say, D, you need to do it this way because if you do it that way, if you do it your way, it's going to affect the bottom line of the company. And most times when I have listened to them, it has gone um, in the good direction that the company needs to go. So, Christina and Smila, is that Smila, yes. They've been right. amazing. So, D, that's what they call you, D. D. <laughs> closing, closing thoughts for tonight. Um... I just want to say um, a big thank you to my mom, um, Auntie Avi, uh, for giving me this opportunity to run Jandel together with my sister, Jeanette. Um, it's been such an opportunity. I really appreciate the fact. And I just promise her one thing, that the sky cannot even limit both of us, and we will make her proud. She should watch out for us. <laughs> 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 All right. I invite your thoughts just to close this. Well, 
Reverend Alberto Kahn, I'd like to first of all say thank you. Um, I've been following your program, and it's amazing some of the great work that you're doing um, and also the message that you're trying to push out there. A lot of times we say that in our office, we say that we have to put the science in the business. And when I say science, basically meaning that if you want to develop something, you need to really do the statistical review to find out how many people, how many things that will be affected or whatever. Yeah. And based upon that, you make a, 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 a decision that will reap the necessary economic um, benefits. So I love what you're doing here, and I just wish that in the future it could expand to be some form of review. So we would not keep reading Harvard reviews, but we will one day read Springboard review about companies. <laughs> Um, in August of 2018, it will be exactly 10 years. And who knows? It just could be that year when we bring out something that will be, it will be, lovely. That will be legendary. Yeah. We will open ourselves to also share and let you know what works and what doesn't work and right. what does work for us and what we do. But just to close, I'd like to, you know, first of all, thank my wife just allowing me to, you know, get out of the house. I'm kidding. <laughs> but... But uh, you know she's 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 amazing. Um, she turns around and informs me a lot about a lot of things that I do not see. So um, the feedback will be waiting for you when you go home, <laughs> right? All right. You know, and you know, and and God, and also my father, my siblings, and everybody, and then trusting me that I could actually take this company forward. Um, I'm I'm honored, and um, God bless. Thank you very much. So my guests for tonight have been Dela Melody and then Ohine Boating of Jandel and Strategic Securities Systems. I want to say a big thank you to you for coming on the show, and I would like to thank Augustine Holm for ensuring that this has been made live across the world on Facebook. Augustine, you are a big man. Thank you very much, and <laughs> thanks for the support. Right, and, and to Matthew Priscilla Amos and to my boss, Comfort, I want to say a big thank you for making this possible. Amma, thanks for coordinating on the back bench. So we come your way again with edition number two of the second generation. My name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed.